Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Ryan Franks, lead pastor at Journey Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Amen and amen. Good morning, everybody. How are we? It is a good day. It is a good day. Hey, can we give our guests a warm round of applause? It is so wonderful having each and every one of you here. I wanted to report with you today that the last couple of weeks have been just phenomenal. Over the last two weeks, adults and kids included, we've seen 34 salvations. Amen. 34 salvations. And as Bardstown, the second campus, is kicking off later this year, they've already served. They, uh, this week was the highest week. They served over 200 households through their food outreach. Amen. Meeting the needs, meeting the needs. And so... Uh, we're excited that, uh, you know, we, we're big believers in missions, missions from overseas to our backyard. And so as, um, to, you know, uh, this week, you know, when you give to Kingdom Builders, we're, we're giving that to our missions field. And we, we believe strongly in sending people to all parts of the world. Amen. If he hasn't called me specifically there, he has called me to put somebody there. And it is 1129 and the kids are coming in six minutes, six minutes. And so if worship can go an hour, then I can go two. So anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I have my teaching for next week. I can tell you that. We're good to go. As we were kind of going through, uh, not going through, but as we were experiencing and encountering uh, worship, you know, it's so true that we need more. We simply not only want him more, but we need him more. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. It's, 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 it's wild on what we need as opposed to what we want and what we want as opposed to what we need. And sometimes that goes with the world and then on the spiritual level, there's things that we ask things from the Lord of things that we want, but he says no, because it's not what we need and the things that we need, he puts in our lives and it's the last thing that we want. And, you know, what I want to, with, with the brief few moments that we have, what I want to share with you is this. Um, how do you fulfill your calling and your purpose and knowing and needing more of God? And it simply comes down to not just knowing him more, but fulfilling the great commission. It's how you know God more. It's how you need more God. It's how you fulfill what God has asked of in your life. And, you know, we've been, we, 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 we've been talking a lot, you know, what I wanted to focus on was what, what, what next? You know, we have seen Christ go to the grave, and we've seen, you know, and, he, and he's gone for three, and, and, he, and he's back, and, you know, what does he do with the time? You know, he, he's, he's come back, and he's sitting with his apostles and his disciples, and he's, he's revealing himself physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, all these things, you know, and he, he stays around for 40 more additional days, and I don't have time to get off script, but for those of you that love to do more than just read the word, but study it. I challenge you with something this week. If you're taking notes, I challenge you with this. It won't be on the, I don't even know if we'll get to the notes today. So let me just speak to you from the heart. There is a big deal with the number 40. And I'm not talking like Da Vinci code and certain like letters or there's certain secrets within the Bible. That's just not how the Bible was written. It's a love language. It's a love letter from our heavenly father. But if you're looking to know more of God, and you're saying, how do I even start the process of wanting to know more of God? You simply reset, and you get as much of the world out of you so that there's more room for him, 
And we see a lot of different kinds of fasts in the Bible going without food so that you can get closer to the Lord, draw nearing to the Lord. And we see, you know, three days and 10 days and 21 days. I challenge you to consider 40 because 40 seems to be the number that is that that physically can reset a body. Think about this for a second. Jesus spent 40 days before he launched his ministry. Did you know that? Noah is out there for 40 days while the world is being reset. Moses is getting marching do, uh, mar- mar- marching orders from, from God on the mountain for 40 days is what it takes. Jesus spends 40 days after his resurrection. 40 is a thing. 40 is a thing. I challenge you about that. Um, when it comes to knowing and learning about what Christ did with his very limited time after he rose from the grave. But here is something that I want to share with you. I'm going to, I'm going to go over a couple things. Production, do your absolute best to stay with me. I want to, I want to briefly just chat with you about this. Three things that Christ did while he was with us after the resurrection, because you ask yourself, how do I want to know you more? How, how do I need more of you or what's next? And Christ says, well, listen, I need to leave you with instructions on what to do with our relationship, with man's relationship. You're two minutes early. You get right. I'm just kidding. You keep on coming, okay? Tegan's like, I'm never coming back. You come on in. Here's what I want to share with you is this. What does Christ do? What does he talk about with his very limited time with you and me before he ascends to heaven? And I want to read this with you, and it's in Acts 1, uh, chapter 1, 2 through 3, okay? And I want uh, stay with me for a second here. It says, Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles, that would be the 11 at the time, further instructions through who? The Holy Spirit. Be careful to always consult the Holy Spirit before you consult anything else in this world. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Pray through the Holy Spirit. Pray for convincing of the truth. Pray for conviction of the Holy Spirit to speak to you. We try to do all so much of life without the anointing in the presence and the ordination of the Holy Spirit. Before you turn on the TV, pursue the Holy Spirit. Before you read something, pursue the Holy Spirit. You say, are you asking me to pursue the Holy Spirit before I open up the word? What I'm suggesting to you is simply go to the Lord in prayer to the Holy Spirit and say, before I read my word today, reveal to me what you want me to know, what seeds you want to set in my heart, what intentions you want to bring to my mind, what, 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 what emotions or what impressions you want to leave on my heart. Therefore, as I go into the word and I begin to read the word and digest the word and process it and love it and, li- and live it and learn it, Lord, speak to me through that Holy Spirit, come and present yourself to me so that I may act accordingly. That's what he says. We try to do too much of life without the Holy Spirit. We do too much of life without the Holy Spirit. Parents, hear me on this. You have to have the presence of the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your mind as you make life decisions for your children. We get, as adults, too comfortable thinking we can act, speak, and do certain things that you know the Holy Spirit would never give you the green light to say or do. 
And we say, as long as I'm just trying my best, as long as I'm maybe going to churches, maybe I'm trying to be a good Christian, but we don't have the, uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we feel very, it, it becomes very complicated and very distorted on what to do. And Jesus, the first thing he is saying, he says, let me commission you, but you're going to have to do this with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to wait after I leave to receive a gift that my heavenly father has promised. And that's not the first time he has said it. That is at least the second time he's talking about a gift to come and be upon people. But because we're, we're growing up in a world where if, if, it's, if, if, we, if it doesn't make sense or it doesn't feel right right off the bat, we just dismiss it because we want to make sure that we're accepted with the norm. And let me tell you, the norm is about 99% wrong all the time. Fads come and go. Culture is wrong. The community, the nation is so divided. And unless we're pursuing and seeking the face of the Lord and asking for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us and loves us biblically, not the way that the world possesses it or pursues it, we will be discouraged and we will fall and we'll be confused. And he is saying here, before he's taken up to heaven and given the chosen apostles first instructions through the Holy Spirit during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was in fact alive. I want you to know something today, church. Your risen Savior is in fact risen and alive. He is alive. And when it says that he sits on the right-hand side of God, it doesn't mean that one is more than the other. No, actually, when you go to the original text, it, 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 uh, it implies and suggests that they are still equal. Just being on the right doesn't mean that he's any less. And so let me share this, 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 this one thought. This one thought with you is this. The Great Commission. He's talking to his apostles, and he says, Therefore, go. Church, we have to be active and intentional about what we do with your kids, with your spouse, with your family, with your job, with your community, with your church. You got to be intentional. If you become passive, Satan loves passism. He loves it because he wants you to not care or to be so soft that you're afraid to do something about it. We are not made to be passive. We're made to love, but not be passive. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. What is happening is we're being commissioned, but that word kind of falls off our back. It rolls off our back like water sometimes. Commissioned is a word we feel like we can discard if it becomes inconvenient. We are commissioned, but it's a word we've utilized because sometimes we think that if it just isn't obvious and convenient, I may not necessarily have to do it. And if I can't do it, I'll do it to the best of my ability. And that'll just have to be enough. And God says, I don't say that anywhere. Commission is a word we feel like we can discard if we become inconvenienced. For example, if circumstances arise or my priorities adjust, then I too am able to adjust because God will simply just understand. You ever heard that before? Or God will forgive me in the end. We should not be saying things like that. If we're wanting more of our Lord and Savior, if we're needing more, that kind of mentality has to leave. 
because you've been commissioned. And just because when things are inconvenient, and if you've lived in this world more than a day, you know that every day life throws some pretty alternating crazy circumstances, right? And you have to stick to what you know, and what we know is the Word. And we've been commissioned to do something. In his 40 days, Jesus says, let me give you some marching orders. But we say, well, I'm trying really hard. I hope that it's enough. I wish that it's enough. Like, uh, like I know the speed limit is 55. I know that's the law. I know it's been passed, but I'm late for something. So we go faster, right? Right? We've been commissioned not to exceed the speed limit. The bypass here is 55. That's too slow. And we all push the limit because we're inconvenienced. I'm late. I need to get around this person. We criticize the driving. We criticize where we need to be. We criticize that there's not enough stoplights or there are too many stoplights. But either way, we're finding a reason to be inconvenienced. But the law still says 55. You have to stick to your guns. I know I told you I would be there, but, but something came up. I gave you my word that something I would do is coming up, and I'm not going to do it now because I've been in. We can't treat the word and the Great Commission like this. We can't treat it like this. I know I should do this, but this other thing is really important. Don't confuse our convictions for what we've been mandated to do. Don't confuse our convictions. I'm really convicted about this, but I really need to get this thing done. Don't confuse our convictions for what we've been mandated to do. Hear this saying, hear this saying. A conviction, which I believe we all have, even with people that are unsaved, or even with people that are, uh, don't agree with us on, our, on the voting, I'm not saying like us, but like individuals as people, like, the other side, whatever side that may be, also has convictions. Everybody has a conviction. A conviction is something we would die for in order to protect it. But a mandate, a commission, is something we would die for in order to advance it. That's how you treat the gospel. That's how you know more of Christ. That's how you pursue the kingdom. It's not just a conviction it's a mandate. A conviction is something we would die for in order to protect it. I'm convicted to protect my children at all costs, but I'm commissioned to be a great father to advance Jensen here to the future long after I'm gone. You can't treat the kingdom and the gospel like a conviction. It's nice to have them, but we've been mandated, we've been commissioned to advance it. And when you start thinking that way, you start realizing what you actually need more of, and that is how you will draw closer to God. Don't treat it like a conviction. Hey, we have convictions that are wrong sometimes, correct? You're convicted to do something to find out that it was wrong later. But when you're commissioned, when you're mandated by the intelligent designer of the universe to do something, you would die for it, not to just protect it, but to advance it. That's how you become knowing more. It's all the time they gave me for.
but it was pretty good. You have to pursue your relationship with the Lord through the word and through the anointing. I have no doubt that at one point or another, your phone this week, in the morning or in the evenings, will light up with the Bible app. If you don't have it, it's absolutely free, and it'll send you a verse. And apparently, if you don't open it up, even though you read it, but you don't open it, it will not give you credit for that day, okay? And then it sends you all the way back to one. It makes you feel like you're not a nice Christian, right? I'm just like, oh, my word. It looks like I haven't read the Bible in like six months. But here's the thing, though. You start with the word because it's absolutely perfect, and it's absolutely true. And never will come back to you and say, oops, 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 oops. And the next thing is, is Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me the convictions and the convincing of what to do with my life and how to do it. But I will tell you today, though, your purpose outside of knowing and having a relationship with your Heavenly Father, your Savior, and the Holy Spirit is to advance the kingdom of God. Not just have a conviction about it, but advance it. And that's where Jesus and the woman at the well come together in John 4, and he says, I know that you think we're not supposed to hang out because of where we come from. She says, we're really not supposed to. And as I told the leadership earlier today, as a rabbi, the other rabbis would have had a real issue with Jesus hanging out with this woman. But he was in the business of building bridges instead of building walls. And when we advance the gospel, when we advance the kingdom of God, we're in the business of building bridges, not building walls. What I love about the Great Commission is he says, make disciples and baptize them. We just celebrated Easter. And by the way, you, you'll probably hear this on any podcast that you'll listen to because every pastor is probably saying it. But every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Let's come early and grab a seat. Let's come early as though. You want to keep dressing in your Sunday best? I've seen you all dress pretty good last Sunday. Now I see you dressed today, okay? Hey, you can dress however you want. We just want to be together. Okay, we just want to be together. But when they go down in the water, it symbolizes the death going into the grave. But when they come out, it symbolizes the resurrection. We're modeling what Jesus has done. This is important. Communion is important. Baptizing is important. These things are important. These are elements. And we love them. We're excited about today. So with that said, uh, next Sunday's teaching is going to be phenomenal. Okay, can't even begin to tell you how great it's going to be. We'll pick up right here about the time Jesus spent with his apostles and his disciples and how to continue to fulfill your purpose and your calling in life through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and off the things that he said. And we'll continue to touch base with this. Thank you for worshiping with us today. If this message inspired you to build the kingdom of God with Journey Church, check out different platforms to give at journeychurchag.org or text 270-449-1120. Be blessed and have a great week.